So everybody in the tech space talks about product market fit. Trust me, I've heard it a thousand times. Product, product market fit. You haven't reached product market fit. You haven't found the right audience to make product market fit. The answer is, and I've been talking about this for like 13 years actually, is community market fit. That's the new way to build. It's been that way for, again, 13 years. It's funny that we're just talking about like communities like we just discovered like communities for the first time in the Web3 space. But uh, yeah, I'm build a community first around something you guys all have in common. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be an NFT, it could be a book, could be it could be literally anything. And uh, you know, back in the day, thousands of years ago, they built their first communities around something they had in common. Religion was one of the biggest people uniters in the world. The Bible, the Quran, the you know, whatever other holy books that are out there, they 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 had these books, they all read them, and they all then congregated on like Sundays or whatever holy days there were to then talk about the writings in those books. Those are early communities being formed around an object that everybody had. In a way, those books were ERC-20s. You know what I mean? Like they had tokens. Um, each person had their own Bible, and they're all basically pretty much replicated. Then people started doing like offshoots of those writings, creating derivatives of the Bible, like versions for Christianity, um, Catholicism, like Protestantism, you know, I'm sorry if I said Protestantism, but either way, like those were the uniters back then. And that's what NFTs leverage. NFTs actually create community. You're wearing your favorite sports jersey as your PFP. You're part of a community it's like going to a, a stadium, a sports stadium, and you're like, oh my God, I'm walking in here. And and it's basically the Vikings versus the Dolphins. You walk in and it's, a, let's say it's the, the Vikings home field in, in Minnesota there. You walk in there with a Vikings jersey on, you will be welcomed with open arms and you are then you'll then be surrounded by tens of thousands of your best friends for the moment. They will love you. They'll cheer with you. They'll give you high fives. Someone might even buy you a beer and a dog while you're waiting. But I mean, think about what you have in common with those people. You don't even know them. And all of a sudden you're part of a community, instantly part of a community. That's what NFTs do. The only difference is that people have a financial incentive to make that community work. And also there's a financial incentive to give feedback and in the tech space, feedback's really tough to get. You launch an app for free and nobody wants to use it. You, it's like pulling teeth to get people in there to use a new product. But when you actually sell NFTs to launch an app, and there are some experiences that are already out there that have done this, the people you launch at first into the app and sell your NFTs, they give you, they're there to give you feedback. How they're using this app, this product, this software. And that feedback is so strong. You don't have to pull teeth. You don't have to have focus groups. You don't have to do all these things that normal uh, companies do to find out whether a product's going to be successful or not. NFTs allows you to do that. It shows people are not only willing to pay for what you have, an app, a service, whatever a product they prepay for it by getting in with the NFT, getting used to getting to use it for free, 
or not for free, but use it as a lifetime membership in a way to that product that you will eventually launch to the masses. These people will have lifetime memberships or wherever, whatever the case may be, however you set up like this to work. I'm letting you know that's a really smart way of showing community market fit. You're building for a community. You let them give their, their feedback. You make changes. You don't have to make all their changes, but make like one or two so they feel like they've been heard and they will be your biggest marketers out there. They'll try to get another 500 people onto your app to buy the next NFT drop. And then, I mean, just make your NFT drops actually a little bit bigger. The first group is, you know, a great example of this is like, let's say you're launching an app and it's, you know, it's an app that's basically backed up by a service. Why wouldn't you first sell like 250 or 500 NFTs, get those people in onboarded into a community and then get their feedback? It's amazing. Like they want to give feedback. The feedback loop is tightened so quickly. Take notes, make changes. You can iterate so quickly with a team of beta testers, which I mean, that's them, their QA. You literally just hired a team of 500 QA people to look through and tell you what they want for features. And they paid you to do it. They paid you to get access to your system and when you make the changes, they will then, you know, say you want to get another thousand people in the test, launch another collection of NFTs round two, and that'll help you. That'll make you, that'll make it so that you'll be able to tell from the 500 people, they'll bring in the other 1000 people. And then those people will show, will show social proof as well. So don't forget selling NFTs to get people onboarded and show a community market fit is a really smart way of not only like showing people want to use your app, but showing they will, or service or product, they will also show, it'll also show that these people, it'll show investors like that. Hey, look, there's people willing to pay for my service. And here they are. Here's the first 500 members that are willing to pay. That's huge. That's traction. And then when you get the next 1,000 on board, that's even more traction. We went from 500 to 1,500, uh, you know, monthly active users or daily active users, however you want to do the, you know, the metrics for to show like the growth. And then you release another collection. So it goes 500, 1,000. Then you can do like 10,000, see what happens, or even 5,000, whatever the number is. You have a steady growth trajectory. So each month, more people are being added. And it could be through sales on the secondary of that NFT, where the first, the original OG holders of the Gen 1 of the past to get you into that service product or, you know, whatever software that is. Those people, I mean, that's the best kind of people you want. They, they test something out. They like it. They don't. They just exit and sell their pass to your software or service and then give it to someone who actually really wants it and will, will also provide feedback. It's an endless feedback loop that keeps getting re basically refilled with people who want it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a really smart, a smart move to do community market fit. Um, I think that is the new thing, like build a community around something you want to want the service them like something in common, like just build, doesn't matter what the community is build towards something you like, of course, you know, so you can actually stay on top, but it could be like, Hey, it could be a book club. You know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this book or I'm reading these three books. Who wants to join my community? And there you start servicing them 
by saying, hey, what's your biggest problem, what you guys are doing that you all have in common? Find out what those one, two, or three problems are. Solve those problems, and you're, you're basically servicing a community. You're not building a product and hoping you find a community to service with it. You're building a product, servicing the community the whole way, talking them, talking to them the whole way, trying to find out what their pain points are and fixing those pain points. Build for one, build for thousands. That's how it usually works. If you're solving a problem for yourself, usually it's you're solving a problem for others. But the thing is, in this case, you can so, you can pre-solve a problem. You can launch an MVP and then get people to to uh, buy an NFT for early access to it, and then bam, you have people giving you this amazing feedback loop and you don't have to pay focus groups. You've got them built in. So think about community market fit. And that's the way I think about it is that's the way of like building now. And uh, it's been that way for 13 years, at least for me. I know most people just heard about like, Oh, community, community, community. No, no business has ever been successful without a community or crazy, crazy extreme utility. And what I mean by utility, I mean software or a service or a product that just literally is life-changing. Kind of like having a horse and then finally buying a car. Like that kind of a service. And by the way, there are, there were early car clubs that made cars successful. <laughs> people would have been stuck with horses this whole time. They would not have changed. A lot of people didn't change. So just know that when you release something new, which is, uh, you know, it's changing the paradigm of the way people think, just know that the community is the biggest and strongest part. You got to let these people be your brand ambassadors and they will make your product successful. So community first, product second, not product first. And hopefully it fits into a community. That's enough for now. Thanks for listening to Wicked Smart today. Those are my notes. Peace.